Hey, I'm Nathan, and this is day 21 of the Bible in 90 Days. We are in 1 Samuel chapters 16 through 28. Our journey today begins with chapter 16, in which David is anointed king. The chapter begins with these words. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Jesse, you'll remember, is the grandson of Ruth and Boaz. Two noteworthy elements of this anointing. First, it had to be done in secret because it would be considered a treasonous act. Second, when Jesse's sons were gathered, the youngest, David, remained in the field. As the first handsome son walked before the prophet, he was sure he'd found the future king. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. As each succeeding son walked before the prophet, God indicated they were not the chosen one. Finally, David is called chosen and anointed. There is a fascinating verse in this chapter that reads, Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Based on other biblical passages, for instance, Job, Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 12, it should be understood that this passage represents not God as an active agent sending in demonic forces, but rather as a passive agent pulling away from Saul and thus leaving a kind of vacuum into which demonic forces rush. In other cases, God's pulling away results in natural consequences unfolding. This strange verse in 1 Samuel reflects a common theme in Scripture where God takes ownership of events as if done by him, in which, however, he is not the active agent, but simply steps out of the way. We'll see this happen again in the book of Job. The last half of the chapter talks about David serving in King Saul's court. Saul, and I quote, said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Chapter 17 tells the thrilling story of David and Goliath, a giant of a man and a champion of the Philistine forces. When visiting his brothers at the battlefront, David overhears this giant taunting the God of the Hebrews and takes action, killing the giant with a stone from his shepherd's sling. When charging toward the giant, David speaks These words, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel." All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The story is so good, you just have to read it for yourself. 
Chapter 18 tells the story of Saul's growing fear of David as he witnesses his increasing military success. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, and I'm quoting, the women came out from all the towns of Israel. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul tries to bring about David's death by sending him on a deadly mission in exchange for marriage to his daughter, Michael. The mission, here it is. The king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Well, David successfully completes the challenge, collecting, however, not 100 foreskins, but 200 enemy foreskins. Ugh. Chapter 19 records Jonathan reporting to David, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. And I'm quoting, Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. Shortly thereafter, Saul tries to kill David with a spear. Later, Michael, David's wife, lets him down from a window and covers for him while he escapes. This event begins a kind of cat and mouse game with Saul becoming obsessed with finding and killing David. Chapter 20 tells the beautiful story of the friendship between David and Jonathan, Saul's son. Jonathan appeals to his friend, and I quote now, Show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. The chapter goes on to tell the story of Jonathan serving as a messenger between the royal household and David, letting David know whether or not it is safe for him to be in the king's presence during the new moon feast. It, however, turned out not to be safe, and the two friends weep together before David flees for his life. Chapter 21 tells of David visiting Ahimelech, the priest of Nob, where he goes, excuse me, where he gets bread and a sword, in fact, Goliath's old sword. David flees to the Philistine town of Gath, but quickly discovers he's not safe and so pretends to be insane, foaming at the mouth, in fact, which gets him kicked out of the region without harm. Chapter 22 finds David hiding in the cave of Abdullam. Meanwhile, the priest who had assisted David is accused by Saul's chief shepherd, the Edomite Doeg, of treachery, and Ahimelech and his family are executed. Only Ahitab, one of the priest's sons, escapes to David for refuge. Chapter 23 reports David hearing news that the town of Keilah is under attack by the Philistines. David and his men save the town after receiving guidance from God. The rest of the chapter tells of Saul pursuing David, but having to call off the pursuit because the Philistines were raiding the land. In chapter 24, the tide is turned and David, for a brief moment, finds himself with the upper hand. In pursuit of David, and I'm quoting now, Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. 
Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. After Saul left the cave, David called out to him, told the story of what had just happened and how he had spared Saul's life, then showed Saul the piece of cut robe. Saul wept aloud, saying, and I'm quoting again, You are more righteous than I. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. This chapter is another well worth reading. Chapter 25 is also well worth reading. First, the chapter lets us know that Samuel died and was buried in Ramah and that David moves into the desert of Paran. Here, his men voluntarily guard the flocks of a certain man, Nabal. When this Nabal is asked by David's men for some of the food provided at the Sheep Shearers Festival, Nabal snubs them in disdain. David hears the news and vows to take revenge. Nabal's good wife, however, her name Abigail, hears of her husband's stupidity and wisely provides food as well as appeals to David not to take revenge. Nabal later hears the story and dies of a heart attack. Abigail begins another one, excuse me, Abigail becomes another one of David's wives. Chapter 26 tells of a second episode in which David chooses to spare Saul's life. This time, David and Abishai sneak into Saul's sleeping camp. When Abishai asks permission to kill Saul, David replies, and I'm quoting now, The Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head and let's go. After putting some distance between himself and Saul's forces, David calls out to Saul's commander, Abner, scolding him for failing to protect the king. Saul hears David and replies, and I'm quoting again, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son, because you considered my life precious today. I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. David tells the king, the Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. So David went on his way and Saul returned home. Chapter 27 finds David again fleeing to the Philistines for refuge from Saul. He now has 600 men with him, and they take refuge in the Philistine city of Gath. David remains here for 16 months. While there, he conducts secret raids against the Philistines, being so cunning that he wins the trust of Achish, the Philistine king. Chapter 28 is probably worth reading as well, even though it's quite tragic. The story finds us witnessing the final days of Saul's life and reign, Samuel is dead, and Saul finds himself facing a massive Philistine force. Since God will no longer communicate with the rebellious king, he seeks out a medium, his men finding one in Endor. Upon visiting her, 
he witnesses a supernatural manifestation, which he assumes is the departed spirit of Samuel. This spirit tells Saul, and now I'm quoting, The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. That's the end of today's highlights.